Welcome to the ITSB Magazine Podcast Network. You're listening to a new episode of Secure Your Strategy Podcast, where your host, Chloe Mestagi, provides strategies to leaders and managers on how to repair critical issues in security and tech. We're glad you've tuned in. It's time to secure your strategy and your stakeholder approval. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. and welcome to another episode of ITSP Magazine Secure Your Strategy Podcast. And with me, I have two awesome guests. One is Tanisha and I have Rebecca. Tanisha, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Um, my name is Tanisha Martin. I'm the Executive Director and Founder of Black Girls Hack, um, a penetration tester. Um, and I'm excited to be here. Excellent. Rebecca, you're cute. Tell us about yourself. I thought you said, Rebecca, you're cute. I was like, oh, thanks. You are. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, my name is Rebecca. Most of the squad at Black Girls Hack refers to me as Beck. Um, I respond to just about anything except disrespect. Um, I have the distinct honor of being the Chief Operating Officer for Black Girls Hack and excited to be here. Excellent. So we're going to talk about this thing called SquadCon. And if y'all are not aware of what SquadCon is, you're going to find out all the details possible, the mission, and behind story. So. Why don't we first start? Which one of you guys would like to start off by telling us a little bit about SquadCon and the vision of it? Um, I can take that one. Um, <laughs> last year we um did uh, Girls Hack Village um at DefCon 30, and it was a epic success. Um, in my biased opinion, <laughs> and um we basically had three days of amazing talks, and the whole purpose of it was to basically highlight women in the space. Um, as you probably know from going to conferences, we don't see a lot of um, women speakers, a lot of women researchers and hackers that are basically given a platform to talk about their experience and their research and all of their things. Um, so like we were like, hey, we're going to have like a whole village, which is like a little mini conference on, um, you know, just women in the space. And it was it was absolutely epic. We had like 30 speakers, I think, overall, um, 26 six of those I think were women um which was absolutely amazing um and we did like hands-on workshops and um it was absolutely I think amazing I think my personal favorite was uh part of the the weekend was um uh director Easterly from CISA came and um she hugged me and took a picture with me so like that is forever yeah. in my memory books um and then my second favorite I think would, would probably be the uh the party we had a 90s uh dance party um that i ended up staying for 30 minutes because i was so exhausted vegas is is so freaking hot and like it was a lot um as our first conference so um absolutely amazing um so we did, applied again for defcon 31 and we were not accepted all of the sadness um and so we decided that we were going to do our own conference um, which we're calling SquadCon, um, so that, you know, even our male friends feel like they will be comfortable. We wanted to focus on inclusive, include, I'm struggling. Inclusivity. In inclusivity, um, you know, as a theme of our, our conference. And um, I'm super excited. Back what I miss. Um, nothing, you didn't miss anything, but I guess to add some, uh, color, <laughs> pun or not intended. Um, <laughs> one of the best things about Girls Hack Village is that while the name was Girls Hack Village, um, it wasn't it wasn't exclusionary. Like it wasn't, you know, some people would assume, okay, well, you're trying to identify or address 
um, being left out or whatever in the organization, are you then now leaving others out? And it's the complete opposite. It's not to say, hey, um, we didn't like that environment, so we're creating our own and you can't come in. It's we're creating an environment where we know that the people who have traditionally been left out are comfortable and all others can join as well. Um, I think one of my favorite parts was, um, I think it was like after the third day or so, someone tweeted that they had attended the conference, uh, Girls Hack Village, and it was the most inclusive, most welcoming space. And that's the goal. That's the ideal. You know, um, there are some people who they're, they're beginning and they're not on the, the elite spectrum yet. You know, they haven't completely perfected everything, but they're interested, they're capable um, and they can get there. Uh, but sometimes because they're not at that level, they feel like they don't necessarily have a place to belong, a place to start, a place to fit. And so um, we, we recently did a promo video. I'm sure we'll get to that later. But the the um, ending piece is that the door is open and we welcome you in. Um, I think sometimes when people do the DEI buzzwords or whatever, they'll be like, the door is open. Yeah, you can come in or whatever. But it's an added bonus when uh, or I think it's a it's the more complete picture of, um, yes, open the door, but also invite them in. So know that this is a place that you are welcome. Um, you bring value here uh, and, and it's an asset to everyone uh, involved. That's a belonging action, right? You Indeed. always have these DEI leaders like, oh, yeah, we talk about DEI all the time. But then when it comes to actions, I mean, actions speak a lot louder than words. Yeah. And I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, and I, I think that the problem that, you know, a lot of us have at conferences is that, you know, they're okay with just the status quo. Um, DEF CON specifically in our denial told us that they were um, changing what the the requirements were to be a village um, and that they really saw us as more of a community and not something that I think they said focused on four walls, right? And I, I think that that approach is something that's pretty standard throughout cybersecurity conferences um, today. Um, and like, you know, maybe a couple of years ago, I would be like, oh, I haven't been to a whole lot. But, you know, I think after, you know, having done like uh, at least the United States tour of cybersecurity conferences, I can say it's pretty consistent across most of them that there's a definite foundation of cybersecurity and not so much of diversity and inclusion. So um, I think that that's one of the things that for SquadCon that we're trying to, to focus on is making sure that, you know, no matter where you're at in your career, in your um, journey, that you feel supported and you feel welcome, right? Because like there is, you know, I, I think a certain, I want to say um, prestige or a certain assumption that if you're going to like Black Hat or you're going to DEF CON that you have to be like this elite hacker um, and, you know, people feel like, you know, hey, I don't know enough to go and do these things. And, you know, I'm not turtly enough for the turtle club is, is the thing that I always say. Um, but, you know, we want it to be at least we want SquadCon to be a space where everybody can feel absolutely welcome, um, no matter who they are, where they're at in their journey. Um, and I think that that's needed, for, especially for women, which are still what, 25% of the cybersecurity industry. And if we probably look at hackers, it's probably um, a lot less. So, you know, we want to try to increase that number. So, you know, our organization, Black Girls Hack, um, you know, we provide training and all of the things to help people get into the industry. But there's also the belonging piece, the being able to see yourself in cyber and seeing, you know, people at conferences who look like you or that you can identify with, I think is an important part of, you know, that um, safety. Uh, feeling like you belong. 
Yeah, it's a space where oh, oh, I was just going to say it's a, you're basically creating a space where people don't deal with imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Imposter, I think that's the thing. Like, I think we all at some point, someone's come up to us like, how do you deal with imposter syndrome? And I think one of the things is that at the end of the day, imposter syndrome is there and present because we've all believed that it's because of us. And at the end of the day, it's not. It's about the fact that there isn't representation. So how are you going to feel comfortable in a space where you don't see people that look like you or you go in a space where you're like, I don't think I belong here. Now you're having that imposter syndrome moment. And that's what DEF CON does to many people. Um, but also Black Hat does. And it's, even men experience this too. They walk in the door and they don't feel safe. They don't feel like they belong there because internally they don't feel like they belong there. And so I like what you guys are trying to do with SquadCon. You're providing a space where anyone could come in. And that's what I saw with the Girls Hack Village. I, I knew the name Girls Hack Village, everyone thought it was like just girls and everything and women. But at the end of the day, I walked in that room. It was diverse. It was like, finally, I'm like, DEFCON got diverse, finally. This is a place where I'm having goosebumps. And I remember talking to you, Tanisha, doing a live ITSP magazine um, episode. And I was just getting goosebumps, even having the conversation being there earlier that day. I was just like, finally, we're getting somewhere in this industry. We're getting there. Yeah. Rebecca, you were saying something? Yeah, I um, went, Tanisha was describing what happened, you know, response to um, our village application. And she said sadness. For me, it was joy. Not to not be accepted, but the realization that if, you know, when someone says I'm not going to say if they tell you who you are, believe them, but it's the, if to come into this club, all the girls have to wear heels, right? I, I can wear heels. I don't have anything against anyone who does wear heels, but that's just not my vibe. I would look like Thomas from Chronicles of Narnia. I would be stumbling. It's not a good look for me. Right. So <laughs> that's fine. So I, if, if that's what that club wants, you have to wear heels. That's okay. Have that club be for just the people who just wear heels. No shade to them. If that's what you want, then be be good. What we're uh, creating with SquadCon, and I think uh, is worth noting, is that we're not saying now everyone who comes over here has to wear chucks. What we're saying is it doesn't matter what you wear, what makes you comfortable, you're welcome. You can show up as your natural self. And I think that's needed and wanted. So for the people who are like, well, I like this environment where they only want this and that, by all means, carry on with your this and that. <laughs> but we would like to create an environment where everybody, whether they're this, that, the other, or whatever, can also have a, a place where they where they fit. Absolutely. And I mean, not to mention the fact that, I mean, it's Vegas, it's probably going to be 100 degrees. Like, <laughs> Do you need a hoodie? Like, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave your Doc Martens at home, everyone. It's not hey, gonna be needed. It. I was gonna wear a hoodie with uh, cut off sleeves and Doc right? Martens, but uh, I just have to change now. <laughs> so I can definitely see that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, I love what you're all trying to accomplish here, the Squad Con, and. I know it's like, it's May right now. We're having this conversation in May and probably this is coming out in the very first week of June. But the thing that goes through my mind is, oh, we have a short runway right now. What do you need for people to do? What are the actions that are needed to make this successful? And how can listeners get involved? 
Because I'm sure we're going to have some people that want to raise their hands and they want to know ways. Ways are, you know, behind scenes and ones that are more public facing. And what are what are those options for both of those type of parties? Absolutely. Um, so I think that the biggest thing that we need on this very short runway um, is funding. So um, we're looking for sponsors um, for our our conference. Um, and that is important because, um, you know, when we were part of the larger like DEF CON community, like they basically provide the space for you. Um, so we had planned on, you know, doing all the things that we did last year, but, you know, we weren't necessarily budgeting for, you know, basically having to pay for a venue and audio, video and internet costs and all those things. So, you know, the biggest thing that I would like to see is that for companies who, you know, are still saying like, hey, diversity matter, inclusion matters. Um, you know, for you to put your, you know, proverbial money where your mouth is, um, you know, so that we can make sure that we're able to to host this event. Um, I think it's a super important work, um, you know, not just because, you know, the branding possibilities, but also because I think that it's absolutely important that we see more women um, in, in underrepresented communities in the cybersecurity space. Um, that's the biggest thing. Um, for the people who like want to stay behind the scenes or like, you know, hey, I'm supporting, but I don't necessarily have money or I don't necessarily have buying power. Um, sharing on social media, sharing on like we're on LinkedIn and uh, Twitter and Instagram and all of the things. Um, and, you know, just sharing our posts about SquadCon is super important because maybe somebody that you're sharing with um, I think is uh, able to support financially. Um, the other thing we're looking for is um, volunteers, especially if you're already going to be in Las Vegas um, and uh, speakers. So we want to make sure that we have a device, uh, diverse um lineup of, of speakers and, and events and doing all of the things. Um, I can tell you that, um, I can't tell you who our keynote speakers are, but I'm super excited about them. Um, so like, uh, I think that when we start announcing those folks that people are going to be like, oh my gosh. Um, and um, I would say tickets are on sale now. So um, our website is uh, either girlshackvillage.com or squadcon.me, M-E. Um, and you can visit either one of those websites and uh, purchase tickets, find out about our lineup, um, all of the things. Um, I think that that's the major things on my mind. Beck, what do you think? Um, I think just a worthy of note is a lot of times we have conversations with uh, organizations, companies, whatever, and they're like, Tanisha, they, they're speaking to her. Um, what can we do to, you know, make things better at our organization? And some, for the overwhelming majority, I think giving people the benefit of the doubt, I think it's well-meaning and well-intentioned, uh, but they end up all too often booking time on the calendar, you know, pulling information. What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And then that's it, where it's, not, it's seemingly counterintuitive because what they could do is support someone who's already doing the work. So um, I guess that I would say that if if there's an organization, a group, e even a you know, well-meaning band of misfits <laughs> who've gotten together and want to find a way to support, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can lock arms with people who are already doing the work. Um, and that's not a novel concept to us because we don't even think that you know we're the only ones in this space or that we're the only ones who can do it right. We partner with other organizations that are doing similar work in different spaces as well. And I think that that's how we're going to we're going to do anything um, and change the world is if we work together. Um, so support. 
Um, and I, I think there are some organizations that maybe you make t-shirts. You can't sponsor us for money, but you can cover the t-shirts, you know. Um, you know, have you ever heard the story of Stone Soup? Where um, so I don't, I don't feel like it's one of those like Aesop fable things or whatever, but someone was like, I want to make soup. But all they had was a pot and a stone. So they put the pot out, they put the stone in it or put the pot on the stone and put water and heat it up. So it's just an empty pot. But then a neighbor comes over and they say, what are you doing? We're making soup. Oh, well, I have carrots. Add it to the pot. And they add the carrots. And then someone else has celery and someone else. And then by the end of the day, all of these people who had these disparate one-off things because they came together, got to benefit from, you know, a pot of, uh, of soup. And so sometimes we trivialize, even internally, it kind of circles back to what you mentioned about imposter syndrome. We trivialize what we can offer because we don't think of where we are on some grand scale. But the truth of the matter is, if we all gave a little, then no one has to give a lot. And, you know, we could achieve so much. I think also your point about like people like talking to Tanisha, I'd be like, Tanisha, tell me, how can our company do better? Cool. You just got free advice. Exactly. <laughs> so she took the time out to tell you what to do mm -hmm. on your strategy. And you don't have to pay her. That's fine. But at least help her organization because people don't understand. If you don't have funds, you cannot have a mission. Right. And you cannot run things. And so it's always awkward and uncomfortable to ask for funds. But at the end of the day, it's like, if if this is something you believe in, if you believe that everyone should have the ability to be in this industry, and if you're one of those companies that have said that yourselves, show your action. If you can't afford it, do so. If you can't afford it, you know that there's budget cuts and everything. What you can do at least is, you know, figure out a way where you could get your teammates to volunteer. And if they volunteer, you could give them some sort of benefit as, all right, if you volunteer for the day, I'll give you two days off the following week. You can find ways and solutions to always be a part of something. And like you said about the stone soup story is that if we don't all contribute, you know, this is going to be a problem because we're never going to have change. We're never going to have spaces and our industry is never going to change. And what's going to end up happening is, I don't know. If our industry doesn't change or doesn't get any better, why are we still responsible for recruiting new folks to join it? Absolutely. Right. And I, I think the other thing is that, you know, when we're taking a look at the different ways that we can try to give back, um, I think a lot of people often say to themselves, well, I give back in this way or I do this thing, right? Um, and I, I think that the problem is, is that within the I know specifically the nonprofit sector, right? We tend to have a lot of the same problems as like um, minority or women founders of like companies, right? Where we're underfunded and undersupported just because of, you know, I want to say unconscious biases that people have. So a lot of times when people are thinking about organizations that they can can donate to or they can, you know, contribute to, you know, it's certain types of of organizations that may not necessarily represent the communities that are underrepresented in this space, right? So I think that it's important that we're conscious about, you know, like even those unconscious biases where it's like, you know, are you supporting different groups? Um, are you supporting people who are focusing in different areas, right? Um, because I, I think that one of the things that we struggle with as an organization is that, you know, specifically minority and minority women-led 
even nonprofits and as, as companies are tend to be underfunded for our mission. And to your point, you know, without having funds to be able to support our mission, it's hard for us to be able to do the things, right? So like, you know, even if right now, you know, your company is like, hey, we can't really do anything because of where we're at in our budget cycle or whatever, you know, Black Girls Hack um, exists the other 365 days of the year as well. So when you do have funding, you know, at the beginning of your budget cycle, you know, consider us because, you know, we're doing this work, not just for SquadCon and for, you know, August, um, but we're we're doing it the rest of the year too, to try to, you know, make sure that there's better representation in cybersecurity as a whole, you know, and that's not just for women of color, that's for women, all of the women, or, you know, our, our organization is as Black Girls Hack and, you know, not anything against um, Black Girls Hack, but our conference is not called Black Girls Hack Con, you know, we, we could have very easily done that, but we want to make sure that, um, it's very inclusive, right? That, that's why we have like the Black Men Hack brand and like um, my squad hacks, right? Because we realize that not everybody is a Black girl just because, you know, I am, you know? So we want to make sure that, you know, there is inclusivity amongst everybody, you know, regardless of how you self-identify or refuse not to identify. Um, so, you know, that's completely random, but I, I felt like it's something that needed to be said. No, and I... I mean, the you are very much on point on that. I would also say, like, have you faced any issues, for example, in certain states like Florida and Texas right now, they are trying to get rid of DEI practices and policies. And so, you know, I know it's in higher education, but the other thing that goes to our mind is, will this also impact other industries as well? Because we've seen this happen before. And it's one of those things where now when I'm looking at companies and when someone comes to me, like, what are some good companies clearly that I should apply to? What are some companies that are going to respect me that I can stay for a long time and I can use my skills at? And I will always say, look at the conferences such as like, you know, Diana Initiative. Now I'm going to say SquadCon and be like, those are the places I would look at. Those are the companies that I would want to do business with. Those are, mm -hmm. if I had to, decide between two different like tools out there and I have to compare different companies. If I recognize that one of those companies is doing something to improve our industry and the people that run and do this industry, because without people, we wouldn't have an industry. Uh, I would invest in that company because I know that they care and what they talk about, they're actually taking action on doing it. Absolutely. Um, so I am also outside of uh, BGH and my, my day job. Um, I am a professor of computer science and cybersecurity at HBCU down in um, South Carolina. Um, and one of the things that I think um, bothers me, especially um, with a focus on education like I have, um, is that, you know, without covering history, we're doomed to basically repeat the things that, you know, we should have learned and grow grown from. Um, you know, the whole point of me starting um, Black Girls Hack as an organization was because I wanted the people who are coming behind me to basically learn from my experience and then be able to not have to repeat the same mistakes that I made um, and be able to, you know, basically have a more streamlined, efficient approach at like living in life and careers and tech and cybersecurity. Um, so the whole concept of like, hey, we can't talk about 
these things because of X, Y, Z, you know, it's, it's problematic to me. And I, I think that the, the biggest problem for me is the companies that are still supporting like this craziness. Like I every day have to try to, you know, convince myself not to post um, on socials. Like, are you guys like watching this? Like, are you, are you still, are you still um, like supporting these people? Like what, what's, what are we thinking here? Like just collectively. Um, but I, I think that it's important that, you know, like I said, that people are putting their money where their, their mouth is. Um, even uh, uh, subconscious things like, you know, where are you holding your conference at? Right. Like it would, be completely off brand and like problematic if we were like hey squad cons in florida you know um (laughs) right now because (laughs) it's like ah like you know do you not realize like they literally just issued a uh i forget what it was called but they were basically like you know if you are a person of color or if you are in like the lgbqtia community like you know, don't go to Florida because like, it's a a state of emergency, like the same type of warnings that they do for like, you know, Americans when they're like, oh, you know, you might want to stay out of certain parts of, you know, Mexico right now because like craziness, right? And the fact that, you know, we have to do that, like, I really feel like, you know, companies have the opportunity now to be much more intentional about like, what is it that you're supporting and what, what are the values that your company is actually built on, right? And not just saying, you know, during Black History Month or, you know, Hispanic History Month or like any of the things, yeah. like not just, you know, during cherry picking months and saying, hey, we're support DEI during this month, but actually, you know, showing um, the, the statistics and, you know, actually, you know, doing things throughout the course of the year, right? Because like, it's very easy for people us to you know slap a rainbow on our you know web page for you know certain months of the year and say hey we support inclusion but it's another thing for your actions to show that I think throughout the course of the year you know yeah um so I, I think it's important that you know if we're going to see any lasting change that you know people start to use their positions and and speak up you know it can't just be like hey I'm going to be quiet until it's a problem that <laughs> that affects me personally to my particular brand of other I think it's important that we use our collective outrage to stand up on behalf of, you know, everybody anywhere, anytime we see that there's something that's not right and needs to change. And I think that that's what we're seeing in the cybersecurity industry right now, um, especially in cybersecurity conferences. I absolutely love um, attempts by companies, uh, by cybersecurity conferences like um, RSA, you know, they like had their birds of a feather and they had, um, you know, specific efforts towards diversity. Right. Not saying like, hey, we're going to change the definition of what, you know, whatever it means so that we can exclude certain types of people. Like we've we've seen that coded language, I think, mm-hmm. you know, throughout history. And it's 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 really disgusting. You know, it's like I, I don't want to see that. I want to see like, what are you doing to actually make a difference? Yeah. It's the whole thing like, well, this is no longer a trend. Me Too is not a trend anymore. <laughs> You know, Black Lives Matter isn't a trend anymore. We don't need to recognize these people. We don't need to do anything about it because it's old school now. We've moved on. Now we're on. It's not a problem anymore. It's not a problem anymore. It's been fixed. It's been addressed. You know, it's just society change. And now we're back and it seems many steps backwards in certain states. So my response to that is an emotional one, not in a wham, wham, let me go cry in a corner kind of way, but in a, it's tiring. Um, oftentimes people say, so what are you doing about this? And what are you doing? <laughs> I work a full-time job. I volunteer with Black Girls Hack, which in and of itself a is a full-time, full-time capacity. 
Yes. And I volunteer. I do all these different things. And and in so many spaces, trying to validate my very daggum existence in all these opportunities. And then it's like, oh, and here's something else. And here's something else. And then the seemingly well-intentioned person comes to you and says, so what are you going to do about that? Can you help? Yeah, <laughs> seriously, like, why can't we just work? Like, like I, I don't understand that. I'm only so strong. I will do all that is within me to do. And I will pray for extra strength to do more. But at the end of the day, that there's only so much. Oh, um, you didn't get the memo. It's your job to fix this problem, right? This problem that has nothing to do with you. I need to you. fix it. It's the other people that don't want to do anything because they have privilege and don't want to acknowledge they have privilege. My cape is at the laundromat. All, <laughs> all I can do is all I can do. So the where sometimes it's both the where it's frustrating and where it's tiring and truthfully overwhelming because there's so much. That's what brings me hope and joy for what we're trying to do with SquadCon because it's um there's another proverb I, I like to read and I say random stuff, but the if you want to go far, go by yourself. No, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, go together. It is a long journey to accomplish all the things that we seek to accomplish. Everyone talks about the skills gap in cybersecurity. Everyone talks about what we need to do to improve um, our industry. Okay, let's start working. Let's start, you know, action, taking action towards achieving these goals instead of just talking about it. And we can, because if people just want talking points to be at conferences, you can come to our conference, you can have the same talking point. That's fine. But at some point, we actually have to put, you know, hand to, what is it? Hand to stone, hand to whatever, and work. <laughs> and we can't do it alone. And it takes everyone. And that's kind of the idea of SquadCon. It's like Autobots, let's, you know, come together and roll out. <laughs> I'm I'm incredibly thankful, and I know several other people in this industry, and even the people that are going to attend your conference, are incredibly happy and proud of it. And the reason for that is that there are so many people that felt like they've lost their voice mm. because they're worried about, you know, if I speak up about something that happened that was racist or sexist or homophobic, I will lose my job. And now it's like, okay, well, I want to stay in this industry, but where can I go where I feel safe to be myself and walk in a room and feel safe and not having to explain to others why I don't feel safe in an environment anymore. Right. Or and why that matters. Right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So. Absolutely. And it's, it's, and it's crazy because like a lot of times, like people will be like, well, why don't you have your employer on your um, LinkedIn or, you know, on your whatever. And I'm like, because when it comes down to when people don't like what it is that you're saying, the first thing they're going to do, especially in 2023 is, you know, go for your means of supporting yourself. They're going to go call your employer and say, how do you feel about Tanisha running an organization that's racist that only cares about black women because they're looking at black girls hack and they assume, you know, that, you know, because I'm saying, hey, black girls hack, that means that everybody else is not happy too, you know? So it's 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 absolutely crazy. And I think that, like you said, it's, it's important that we all speak up and we all like, you know, we don't just wait until it's a problem that affects us personally, that, you know, we just have some empathy on a human level towards, you know, I think the collective struggles of everybody who's trying to, you know, accomplish similar goals. And like Beck was saying, you know, basically work together. You know, I, I, I hate to be all like, you know, uh, 80s baby, but like, you know, link arms and we yeah. care and like, you know, little hearts flying into the air type of vibes. But like, 
I really think that that's what we're trying to do. So, you know, as an organization, I know we reach out to a lot of other um, nonprofits to work. So like if you're interested in working together or doing something, even the rest of the year, like we are open to, you know, partnering with you because we're not trying to do all of the things. We're trying to, you know, work together with the people who are already doing the things to, you know, make a collective change. And I love that. I absolutely do. Because it's needed. Right now, I feel like it's so needed. I think like when we saw Roe versus Way get overturned, that was like the tipping moment for like so many people to just be like, and you're telling me to go to work tomorrow? You're telling me to be relaxed and chill when I just lost something. I think that's the thing that, you know, I'm really happy about SquadCon happening because I know I will be there. I will be there celebrating because I am tired of this. I've been in this industry for a good number of years and I'm so done with this now. So thank you so much, Rebecca and Tanisha for going forward and doing this. And if anyone wants to get involved, you should. Allies, this is your time to shine and show that you are an ally because this is, this is the tipping point now. So thank you all for being here and all the information will be at the bottom of this episode. Thanks everyone. Thanks for having us. Yeah. All right. And I'll see everyone on the next podcast. Though. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Secure Your Strategy Podcast with Chloe Mastagi, part of the ITSB Magazine Podcast Network. If you learned something new and this conversation made you think, then share this channel and itsbmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey.